0: The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Helen Vaughan, psychotherapist with Manooth Counseling, is back with us again today because when she was with us on Tuesday, I promised we'd get to the topic of how to fight better. Which might sound an odd one, but you know what? Maybe there's an awful lot of time in relationships. Do you need a fight as a lot of physical fight and not necessarily a violent row or anything like that. But that you need a discussion to clear the air rather than bottling everything up.
1: Yes. Like I work with couples all the time and they'll, you know, we'll start exploring what's going on for them. And they'll, they'll describe to me something that was annoying them. They'll be like, but it's so small. It's so silly. It's so ridiculous. Petty. One was offering the other a cup of tea and the other didn't hear them and they got annoyed with them and then shouted at them about it. And they're like, what are we here to paying you whatever an hour to talk about a cup of tea? And I'm like, no, but what's underneath? Like often what's under the small row is actually a lot bigger. Like that person saying, would you like a cup of tea? And the other person doesn't hear. That's a bid for connection, that they're trying to offer their partner something. And and the the other partner partner
0: isn't listening.
1: Exactly. So obviously they're irritated and probably hurt, probably feeling rejected. You know, that they're actually trying to help that person. That person doesn't even do them the courtesy of listening. So I'm like, okay, let's break that down. What's going on there? So I always think those small, everyday little things that annoy you, there's a lot more underneath than you
0: know, so when think, I'm asking how to fight or how to argue better, I'm really asking how to communicate better, am I?
1: Yes, and and actually, you know, fighting can be... I think a lot of people are conflict-averse, and I again, I deal with this with people all the time, when actually it's more that they don't want to have an uncomfortable conversation. People fear something will be conflict when actually it's just uncomfortable. And if we can have more uncomfortable conversations, there'll be less conflict. You know, that won't get to the point where you're so irritated that you just roar back at them about whatever it is, or you start name calling, or you start shaming them, or you start listing all the things that's wrong with them. And that's when it's not, that's that's a fight, that's not helpful, that's criticising, that's blaming, that's not good. And that other person isn't going to respond well to that because they're hurt and they feel defensive. So they're going to, you know, come back at you with all the things that are wrong with you. No one's winning in that and there shouldn't be a win-loss. So the way to fight better is to figure out what is the issue, what is going on for you right now that you're irritated by and try not to personalise it to the other person. So, for example, you know, I feel ignored when there's dirty laundry all over our bedroom floor and it's not put in the laundry basket rather than you're a dirty pig and you don't put your dirty clothes in the laundry and how dare you and blah, blah, blah. Do you see the difference there? I feel ignored or I feel frustrated when there's dirty clothes all over the floor. I'm naming the issue. Is that
0: not been passive aggressive? It's not. It's naming the issue
1: and you're feeling about it. It's owning your part in it. And the other person might go, oh, I didn't realise that when I do that, actually, it causes her to feel hurt or ignored or annoyed or angry whatever you know it's trying to name the situation that's brought on this emotion for you name your feeling try not to get personal try to talk about what's ha- what's caused it's your Very difficult not of who. to
0: get personal though, it's, isn't it's, it It's, but it's, it's by it's, its nature personal if you're having such, a row between two people
1: But it doesn't have to be because okay. it's an issue that's annoying you not necessarily the person and if you can identify that issue and the other person can hopefully then Hear what you're saying, hear your feeling, put themselves in your shoes and go, Oh, I can see how that was actually. But what if that
0: other person isn't listening? If that other person it could be in a personal relationship, it could be with your boss at work, you try to rationally have a discussion about the issue and the minute they perceive a criticism that they start shouting at you.
1: Well, and that to me is a problem in that person, that a perceived slight makes them attack. And I'm like, okay, well, what's going on for you that if someone says something to you, you are ready to just attack them straight away. And that's why I'm like, ring me, come and see a counsellor. And I always say to couples, come early when things are just irritating rather than at the point where you're ready to walk out the door. And let's figure out what is under the surface. Sometimes it might be a personal issue for that person that's making them angry and reactive and whatever, or it might be a relationship issue. But if you can describe what's happening that's brought on this feeling describe the feeling itself and then talk about what you need in the situation to improve in future and see if you can get the person to hear you and buy in rather than feel attacked and feel defensive and just tell you to go F off
0: I suppose a lot of it depends on the nature of the relationship because I'm thinking it could be a relationship with a partner which sometimes unfortunately do break up it could be a relationship with parent or children, which are less likely to break up because there's always a sort of a residual desire to sort things out. And then it could be with people like your bosses or whatever in work who you find that no matter what effort you make, that they just want to have the fight.
1: Yeah, and I don't know that this particular approach would work in a work situation. To me, this is about... Couples, so okay. relationships, you know, where hopefully you both love each other and like each other and respect each other to some degree. And that's not going
0: to apply in the workplaces.
1: <laughs> no, because I think if you start describing your feelings, it won't necessarily work with your boss. But if you can talk to your partner about something that's bothering you and why it is and how you're feeling, hopefully they might have some empathy to hear it from your point of view rather than feeling defensive. So it's trying to deal with these small, uncomfortable everyday things bit by bit rather than, as you say, letting them mount up and then having a big blowout where you're both roaring at each other say things you regret, and then it's really hard
0: to come back from that. Okay, go through your four horsemen of the apocalypse when it comes to what can go wrong in a relationship.
1: Well, so these these are by a guy called John Gottman, who's kind of the father, godfather, whatever you want to call him, of couples counselling. And he did this thing where he set up um, cameras in an apartment in Canada, I think, and he brings couples in and he does research about which couples are going to stay together and which couples are not. And he says these are the things... That go wrong in a relationship that are basically can mean the end of it. So it's criticism that's blaming your partner or flaws of theirs for something going wrong. Having contempt, blaming the other person, put downs, name calling, even sarcasm. That passive aggressive. Well, it's not as if blah 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 blah. Eye rolling. Eye rolling. Is that which one does that fall into? I think Can't that's a bit contempt, of contempt in as well. there, isn't yeah, there. Yeah. 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 Defensiveness is another one. So when you feel attacked, if you find you have a partner and whenever you say anything about anything, no matter how you say it in terms of tone, what you describe, your feelings, whatever, if they're always defensive, I would suggest that maybe there's an issue with that person where they're defensive for whatever reason and it's worth exploring that. So that's feeling attacked and then that person launches a counterattack. Um, and, you know, it can be a response if you feel blamed or criticised or you feel like it's just not fair, so that defensiveness doesn't work, and then stonewalling can be a hard one to spot because some people slip into that so that's kind of shutting down, often mid-conflict and then just ignoring your partner doing the silent treatment for, I don't know, hours or
0: days or whatever. But is there not times when it's better to say nothing than to say something that might inflame the situation?
1: It can be, but agree that before like if things get heated, you can say I need a good hour to go away and have some time by myself and say that in advance, and I don't know, did you watch Ted Lasso? I just finished it. He used to have a word, like a code word, that if things aren't going wrong and you need a break, you just say, Oklahoma, and you go off, and you just need an hour to yourself. You used to have some keyword to say, I need a break, I need half an hour away, or an hour. And if you know that person's going to come back, so there's an agreed boundary there, then you're not offended or hurt, or feeling like they're walking out on you, or they disrespect you, or whatever. So stonewalling is when you don't have that agreement, and you just shut down and ignore the other person. You might give them the silent treatment for a week, and it's really bad for a relationship. Helen,
0: you're taking life lessons from Ted Lasso, Were
1: you? <laughs> there was a lot of good life lessons in that. There was a lot of good meaning and kindness and compassion in there that I just thought was, was good.
0: All right. So how in relationship counselling do you work on communications?
1: So it's doing things like this. It's saying, you know, in situation, I feel X in situation Y and what I need is Z. That you're literally like, I feel ignored when there's dirty laundry all over the floor. And what I need is hopefully for things to be put in the laundry basket. Not you're a dirty pig. That's not the third time you've brought
0: that up. I'm having to wonder about you, Helen.
1: Well, I'm trying to think of something that's sort of (laughs) innocuous enough and something that's not personal, do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, I'm, I had another couple who, one partner was cleaning up after dinner all the time and the other person would just go and sit in the chair and look at their phone and you know, they they ended up coming to me and realising that that was a lot bigger for that one partner Helen, I'm laughing realized.
0: at you because I know you've young children, wait until they're teenagers and young adults and then you'll be giving out about how they leave clothes lying all over their bedrooms and the state they leave them in and don't return sinks and or uh, plates to the sink or don't bring back the knives and forks that they've brought to their own room.
1: I think teenagers is a whole other segment, possibly even a whole (laughs) other show to figure out how to communicate with them and get them to hear you.
0: Okay, because we are talking about relationships between couples and partners here in this situation. Also, what happens when, okay, the romance dies? Because isn't that a thing that for an awful lot of the initial attraction and the romanticism can often leave a relationship?
1: Yeah, and I think we have unrealistic kind of ideas of what romance is. Um, you know, I think there's all these rom-coms, films about romantic relationships are unrealistic about, you know, that it's, once you fall in love, it's all just puppies and petals and flowers and pleasantness all the time. And that if there's ever any uncomfortableness or conflict or anything, that that means the relationship doesn't work and you should jump. And I think that's wrong. You know, I think relationships involve conflict, they involve hurt, disappointment, death, trauma sickness, you know, hardship, life, Life. money issues, COVID. You know, there's a lot of stress can happen in relationships. And if you can improve your communication, like we're talking about, sometimes and improve maybe what you think romantic love should be and know that it is hard work. You have to put work into it to make it work. And you have to compromise, sacrifice for the other person, listen to the other person, learn how to communicate better, you know, and lose maybe that myth around romantic relationships and just realise that, you know, think of love as a verb, you know, that requires action, it's not just a passive thing and when it runs out after the honeymoon is over that that's it and you just move on to someone else.
0: Well, let's finish up, Helen, by just looking for the red flags in a relationship. Now, it mightn't seem like the most positive way to finish but I think it can be because if it makes people realise these are the things you need to look out for, you can avoid them or you can address them.
1: Yeah, and red flags are things like if you feel bad about yourself when you're with someone, how you feel when you're around your partner I think is a big thing to check in on, whether you're dating, whether you're in a new relationship or whether
0: you're in a long-term relationship. So if you feel bad about yourself, rather than feeling bad about them.
1: Yeah, when you don't feel good around that person, you don't feel supported, you don't feel liked, you don't feel listened to, you don't feel interesting. And one big thing that I think is key for relationships is keeping your individuation, so keeping your individual interests, hobbies, life, stuff outside at home, friends, you know, and not just doing everything with that one person, Then feeling like, you know, when you get home at the end of the day, if you go out to work or you go out to wherever, you've nothing to talk about. It's keep, you know, when you get together, you've both got these individual lives and maybe you seem interesting to each other. Sometimes that dies down after a while. So it's trying to keep your hobbies, keep your interests, keep things that interested you about them and them about you and not just lose yourself in a relationship. Um, you know, and it should also be about equal give and take. So notice if you're not getting as much as you're giving or if you're feeling that's the case, can you communicate that? Um, I guess any negative change in your mental health or your self-esteem or just feeling like there's a deficit where you're putting in a lot but you don't feel like you're getting much back. And
0: again, not wishing to finish on a negative note, but there are occasions when a relationship is not salvageable, isn't it? and that you should walk away because you can do more damage by staying in a toxic relationship.
1: And that's when it, if there are red flags and it is toxic. Go talk to someone, a friend or a counsellor or somebody and just explore it a bit. Or talk to your partner and say, just, I'm not feeling like this is what it used to be like or I'm not feeling like you're really into this or that I'm really into this try to communicate how you're feeling, try to use the X, Y, Z if you can, I'm feeling this in situation X and I f- what I need is is Y. Um, you know, if your feelings and your needs are not being listened to or not being met, well then maybe something needs to change.
0: Helen Vaughan from Manouse Counseling, psychotherapist as ever, thank you so much for being with us here on The Last Word of Today FM The Last Word with Matt Cooper Weekdays from 4.30 Today